Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. I humbly bow down before you in prayer. I thank you for the blessings you have bestowed upon me throughout this day. Your love and guidance have been my strength, and your grace has sustained me. As I reflect on the events of this day, I ask for your forgiveness for any shortcomings or mistakes I may have made. Please cleanse my heart and mind and grant me the wisdom to learn from my experiences. Amen. What's up, guys? RNG here from the Stone Vet USMC. I'm glad to be here with you guys again, man. I'm telling you, going through this book has been enlightening for me. I'm hoping it's helping you guys as well. Having an understanding of why are we dealing with the crap we're dealing with every day, dude. I'm hoping that going through this book over the next, like we're on week four, week chapter three now. We're on chapter three, right? And I got eight more chapters of this book to go through. And so I'm hoping during this time that you guys are getting something out of this, right? Understanding why we are hurting. What is the trauma that we're dealing with on a regular basis? And why do we suck as human beings, dude? I know you guys say the same crap. As veterans, I know we say that to ourselves. We suck. We suck. We suck, right? We're stupid. We're irresponsible. We suck at what we do. And I, I used to say that too. I did. It was hard. I said it, right? But my counselor, my professional therapist, I tell you guys, you guys need, right? My professional therapist told me to stop saying stuff like that. Stop putting myself down, right? Because how many of you guys go through on a daily basis putting yourself down day in and day out on a regular basis, dude? Just because that's just the way we are, right? We feel like failures and we're like, damn, dude, I'm tired of failing. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that, right? How many of y'all get... How many of you guys continue telling you guys on a regular basis that you're worthless, you're not worth two cents and this and that and all this other crap, right? I don't know. I'm trying out a new camera angle. So hopefully you guys can tell me. You guys ain't leaving me no comments, so I don't know. Are the camera angles good? Is the quality good? Is the volume good? Is the audio quality good? Is the picture good? What are you guys seeing? What do you guys think of my backdrop? You guys don't tell me anything, so I don't know, guys. I'm trying to get you guys to interact more with me. I just got done watching Club Shay Shay. How many of y'all know about Club Shay Shay? Shannon Sharp. Of course, he got he had Cat Williams on it the other day and he had like 75 million views. Of course, they're going to get 75 million views. Why It's Cat Williams and Shannon Sharp? One was a professional football player and the other one's a stand up comedian who does his work and knows what it takes to get to where he's at on the level he's at, dude. It was interesting to watch him speak, though. He, he seems like a very intelligent individual just watching him speak during that time. Right. And so that's what I plan on doing, right? That's what I plan on doing during the next, you know, this this session, right? Chapter three of this book, right? I'm hoping that you guys are getting something out of it, right? I got through and I was like, it was interesting. I did too, right? I didn't highlight as much, but it was good. I'm not going to lie. It was a, it was a good chapter. chapter. This whole book has been good. I've, I've been wanting to go through and just read through it, right? I've been wanting to go through and just read it, right? But I was like, I can't just go through and read it, right? Because I'm going through it with you guys, right? But chapter three here is called Say My Name, right? Say My Name, right? Kind of like like, like he said in, the, in this chapter. He said like Destiny's Child, right? Say my name, say my name. You remember that song? Y'all remember that song? Y'all, I bet some, half of y'all jammed out to it. But in this chapter, dude, he starts talking about a bunch of bunch of things right say my name what do you mean by say my name right 
you know, it goes on, it goes through here, right? I told you, hopefully you guys have picked up the Bible and started reading chapter one, Samuel, first Samuel and second Samuel, dude, those are both really good books, right? He goes, he starts off in here. He says, when both, when best bros, Jonathan and David, right? We talked about them last week, right? Jonathan and David were best, best friends would die for each other, would kill for each other, dude. They were best friends. How many of y'all have good friends like that you would die for? You bend over backwards for, right? John and David make their covenant. John extends their loyalty oaths beyond just the two of them to their descendants. Jonathan says, may you treat me with the faithful love of the Lord as long as I live. But if I die, treat my family with faithful love. Even when the Lord destroys all your enemies from the face of the earth. How many of y'all got friends like that, dude? I don't have any friends like that. I seriously don't. But to show them the respect that you have for them. And once they pass to continue giving that respect to their family, their kids, their spouse, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, you know, like. To give that love to somebody even after they've passed away. Because once they pass away, what happens, dude? You know, it's a sad story this week. My son came home and he told me uh, one of his buddies he was going to school with committed suicide. And I was like, damn, dude. And I've been talking to him, right? Just to see, how, like, feel him out. Like, how, how does this make you feel? What's going on, right? He's like, dude, it's just, it's surreal. And I was like, yeah. I said, this is, this is why I do this podcast, guys. For you, right? That was just a kid, 18, 19-year-old little kid that committed suicide because life was just too hard. Right? It makes you wonder, like, how hard was your life that you didn't have anybody to go to and say, brother, I'm having a bad day today. I'm hurting really bad. It's not looking good. I don't like to tell anybody. When I feel like that, I don't like to talk to nobody about it. I don't want to talk to nobody about it. Right? That's my feelings. I don't want nobody else need to know how I'm feeling. Right? That's a struggle, brothers and sisters that are listening. That's a struggle that we have is that we hate reaching out for help when we need it the most, right? When we absolutely need it the most, we hate reaching out for it. And I, you know, I asked my son, I was like, how are you feeling? He's like, I don't know. Like, it sucks. I said, this is why I do my podcast, son. This is exactly why I do my podcast. Because even if you don't listen to it, turn it on. You got Sergeant G in your back. Sergeant G sitting there bullshitting, right? He BSing. He's BSing with you. You know, I've had some I've had some tremendous guests on. My wife's even told me to start deleting some of my older episodes, right? Because that's not who I was. That's who I portrayed that person in those earlier episodes. I did portray that. I portrayed the Sergeant G of that era, right? But like I said, it's a new year, right? New year, better me. I need to be better. And so all those other episodes, if you guys go back and you watch through some of the previous episodes, some of the other 200, 400, whatever I got out there, 200, 400 episodes that I got out there, right? I portrayed somebody that I wasn't, right? And it's kind of embarrassing to see, right? Like I would cuss and did all kinds of obnoxious things that veterans do, right? But like I told you, 40 hit and it smacked me in the face. Like you, you screwed up, dude. You can't screw up like that anymore, right? And so for this 40 right i'll be 80 in 40 years dude i've got to fix it right i got to fix who i was or who i portrayed in my previous episodes right i was rude i was obnoxious i was annoying i cussed a lot i did i mean it's it's hard right i cuss a lot it's hard i spent nine years in the marine corps and that's all we did was cuss 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 and i've got to fix that right because it's not appropriate to be walking around talking like that when you got a four-year-old saying the same things you're saying right 
I know some of y'all got some little ones at the house and you guys know you guys say something and they're going to repeat the exact same thing you just said. It's embarrassing, right? But it goes on in here. It says David doesn't forget, but because he relies on God's timing rather than his own. It's not until Fib is grown that David is fully in a position of authority to do something about the long ago promise to his covenant brother. How many of y'all feel like, dude, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying, and I'm getting nothing out of it. I have too, brother. I have too. I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've got nothing out of it. it sucks. I know, but we as disciples, as followers of Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's never our timing. It is never our timing. It's in God's timing. So that means you got to sit around and wait. Got to sit around and wait. For you guys that aren't jarheads, I know a bunch of you jarheads, you guys know exactly what that feels like. Crap, I got to hurry up and wait hurry up and wait hurry up and wait hurry up and wait day in and day out that's how it was in the marines i don't know about you other branches but in the marine corps that's all we ever did it was always hurry up and wait hurry up and wait hurry up and wait and so that's what he's saying here that david relied on god's timing rather than his own timing why because of fib you guys remember what happened to fib he lost his dad he lost his grandfather, and not only that, he got dropped on his head, so his legs are freaking paraplegic now, dude. So he has no legs. How frustrating can that be, dude, when you feel like everything else is lost and gone from you? How does that make you feel, dude? I know there's times, right? Last year sucked for me, dude. I make good money. I'm not going to lie. I make really good money with what I do. But I was hurting last year, dude. I had to dip into savings. I had to pull from savings. Like, I was pinching pennies as hard as anybody else could pinch pennies, right? But this year's going to be better because I'm going to have almost all my loans paid off. And all that money's coming back to me. So I can back reinvest my savings account again because that sucked. I know a lot of you guys are struggling. Trying to pay rent. Make a car note. Put groceries in the house. Keep the heat on, right? It's gonna. It's Friday, dude. It's freaking cold outside, and it's going to get even colder this week, they said. Dude, Sunday's supposed to be like a high of 6. Monday, a high of 12, and then Tuesday, like a high of 20 if I'm lucky. It's about to get cold outside, dude. And if you guys are hurting, dude, you guys need to reach out and let people know, hey, I'm hurting, man. I need to pay my freaking gas bill so I have heat during the cold so I can keep my family warm. Don't hesitate to reach out, guys. But like I said, your timing will it'll come, dude. God will get into your heart and he will pick your heart and play your heartstrings. And you will eventually give up fighting of not being vulnerable. It sucks being vulnerable tremendously too, super bad. I, I hate being vulnerable, dude. I hate it. But I'm trying to grow, right? My counselor told me the other day, she's like, you've been growing a lot. I'm like, good. And that's what I'm supposed to be doing, right? supposed to be healing from my trauma so i don't bleed it out onto my kids or onto my wife even at my freaking my discipleship school even my group is my connect group was like dude juan you've been growing dude i hope so that's the intent of going through this book 
talking to you guys on a weekly basis is to heal from my trauma that I've endured while living this crazy-ass 40-year-old life, dude. Right? So David reached out and he asked, Hey, is there anybody still alive from Jonathan's lineage? You know? He's like, I don't know, dude. I don't. It's been a while, right? And there was a helper called Zeba. Right? He summoned a man named Zeba who had been one of Saul's servants. He said, are you Zeba? He said, yeah, I am. He said, the king then asked, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them, right? You want to show God's kindness? Uh, yeah, dude. Zeba replied, yeah, Jonathan has a son still alive. He is crippled in both feet. David said, where's he at, dude? He said, Lodabar, Zeba told him. He's in Lodabar, you know? Ain't that crazy? He said, yeah, he's got a son, but he's got two, he's got crippled feet. Both his feet are crippled. What's that like, dude? What would that be like if someone Or, you know, instead of saying, do you know John? But like, hey, do you know who that cripple is over there? Do you know who that guy is who's picking his nose? Do you know that guy over there who just got raped? Right? Whenever you go somewhere, does somebody say, hey, there's the dude that got raped or there's the dude that has cigarettes. There's the dude that's got the weed. There's the guy who brought the beer. How many times, how many times does that happen, right? Like, dude, my name is John, Paul, Mark, right? This guy Zeba said, yeah, he's got a son. He didn't call him Fib, right? He didn't call him by his name. He called him by his damage. Right? His damage. How bad would that hurt? If somebody called you by your damage. Yeah, that guy got molested when he was a kid. Yeah, that guy just filed bankruptcy. That guy just got his car totaled. He, got, he, he just totaled his car hitting a truck. How shitty would that be, right? How crappy would that be to be called outside of your name, right? That's the hard part, right? Like, if we're doing that, we got to stop doing that. If we're doing that ourselves, personally, to other people, we got to stop that ourselves. Seriously, dude. You know, he says, go, Michael Todd goes on and says, my question is, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever been labeled with your pain or predicament? I'm not saying she's a hoe, but she's been around. I've never met anybody so petty. They should have graduated last year. That guy served me and can't get a job. She's such a perfectionist. She was raised in foster homes. He got kicked out of school. Their whole family struggles with that. This is their third miscarriage. Their business tanked. The he can't talk right. She lived an alternative lifestyle. Their ministry never worked. He never lived up to his potential. She's always sick. He has three different baby mamas. His dad has the same addiction. She's already been divorced twice. They couldn't handle the pressure. How horrible does that sound, dude? How horrible does that sound? That's how they remember you. They don't remember you by your name. 
They remember you by your damage. Right? This is part of the healing process, guys. How the hell else are you going to heal if you don't deal with these names that they're calling you? We have to deal with these names that they're calling us so that we can heal from our trauma so we don't continue living it on a daily basis. Right? I want to encourage you. Your name is powerful. Your name. Your name is unique. Your name has purpose attached to it. Your name is laced with identity. Your name has blessings connected to it. And above all that, God knows your name. Sit there and let that marinate a little bit. How many of you females have had miscarriages? I can tell you right now, we've had our share of them in our family. For sure. How many of you had businesses that tanked? Because the marketing didn't work. Or just the product just wasn't a good product at the time, right? She's always sick. How horrible would that be, dude? Right? But your name has a meaning. Your name has a purpose. God knows your name, right? You can't let those, you can't let your damage define you, right? That's not you, right? Did you go through it? I went through it. It sucked. But that's not who I am by any means, right? When you're in Christ, he calls you by name. He says, I will call you my own. I give you my identity. My blood runs through your veins. You have purpose. You are enough. Your life has meaning. Your best days are in front of you. The value is still in you. Do you understand that, guys? That you have value. Your life has value. And I tell you that every time I sign off, right? There's nobody in this world that can do what you can do for us. There's nobody else out there doing what you can do for us. So if you ever feel lost and hopeless, please reach out, dude. I always have my phone on me. You can message me through Facebook, Instagram, freaking X, wherever else, dude. However else you want to message me. You can message me, dude. If it's having, if you're having a bad day, please message me, dude. Please. We can't afford to be losing another brother or sister, man. We're already losing too many a day as it is, right? It's like I tell you guys, even if you don't want to listen to my show, just turn it on so you can feel like you have a brother with you in the corner. BSing with you, calling you names, just having fun with you, right? Because this is what it's about is hanging out and talking with each other and hanging out with each other and telling each other how the day went, right? Just like the old days, dude, when you went to the smoke pit, right? You know, I can only imagine how many of my Marines talk crap about me behind my back, right? Because I made them work, you know? If you won't allow God to heal you, to help you, to dig deep down and deal with it, whatever it is for you, damage can derail your destiny, guys. Have you guys thought about your future? Have you thought about your destiny? Do you want this trauma that you're carrying with you that you got in your pack? In your day bag, 
do you want that trauma to define your destiny? I don't. Not at all, dude. It's like I said, lately I've just been analyzing everything that I do, right? Because I'm not I'm still not a good person. I know that. I still have flaws that I have to work on, dude. But I'm taking my time to do it, right? Because I don't want this crap to bleed out on my family, right? This crap will bleed out into my family and it's just it won't be good for them, right? It won't be good for them to be dealing with what I deal with. One of the things that he talks about in here, early, remember earlier he talked about how he wanted to be a drummer, right? He wanted, to, he died to be a drummer. There's a young kid that wanted to play drums, right? And there's a guy, an older, is an older gentleman <coughs> that was playing drums for the church, right? He was, he said he was good, but he's like he was nowhere near as good as I was, right? He said he got to the point where he wished the guy would die just so he had an opportunity to play the drums, right? He was a kid, of course, right? How many of you guys have ever thought like that? Like, dude, I'm good at what I do, right? And I need recognition for how good I am, right? And you just get walked over, right? They just pass over you. Just pass over you, pass over you, pass over you, right? That's one of the things, right? Like him, he says here he ne they never let him play was the dart, right? You remember the darts from last chapter, right? He said they never let him play plus rejection because he felt like he was rejected because they never let him play. Ended with his damage, which is obsession with greatness, right? He says here, I would have to be great. Nothing less than great. You know, that's one thing he says that he struggled with, right? Like, he's like, I wanted to be good enough. But I, he said, I didn't want to be good enough. I wanted to be great at what I did. And uh, he said, one of his pastors, one of his mentors told him, like, why do you have to be great? He said, nowhere in the Bible did God ever say that he was great. And you can go through it. But he said, go back to Genesis, dude, when he started creating everything. He created the sun, the moon, the water, the land, right? After all that, he said, it was good. Not that it was great. It was good. He said, what makes you think that you're going to be great when good is good enough? Damn, really? Wow. Okay. Never thought about it like that, but okay. I can go through that, right? You know, and he goes he goes on. Like I said, get this book, guys. This is a really good book. I think you guys would really enjoy it, right? It's a really good book. It says, have you ever seen someone who makes everybody laugh, but the jokes are a cover-up, a cover to keep from crying? Those guys are going to always crack a joke at the split second, then crack a joke. Right? But a lot of times, dude, they're, they're hiding from their damage. The trauma they occurred, maybe laughing is a, is a mechanism for them to not be hurt. Right? We all know that one person like that, right? And then he goes on here, you know, he goes on more. He says, but it's imperative for each of us to discover the root of our motivation because our fruit is always connected to the root, we need to discover what drives us. Why do you wake up every morning and do what you do every day? Why are you doing what you're doing? What drives you? What motivates you? Why are you waking up to go to work? 
why are you waking up at all? Right? God has a plan for you. He's not done with you yet. That's why you're still waking up. So I challenge you guys with this, right? Discover the root of your motivation. Right? He goes on here to the next portion of this chapter called check engine, right? So what kind of engine are you driving, right? He said, think about it. Enthusiast, probably half of y'all don't know what type of engines in your car right now, but you know you do have an engine, right? You do know you have an engine. Like, man, I know I got a 5.3 liter V8 in my, in, my, in my GMC that I got. But what kind of engine is driving your life, right? Everybody copes with damage in different ways. Sometimes coping me mechanisms are unhealthy straight out of the gate, like substances, alcohol, you guys know, or habits to numb the pain or an over-reliance on aggression to defend against abuse. How many of y'all are overly aggressive? But more often, they are adaptations that seem to benefit us at least for a while. I am a huge aggressive person. Very much so. I use that to protect me. right? But I'm aggressive towards the people who love me. And I hate that, dude. I get so upset with myself every time, right? Because I know, right? I know what my what i what i'm capable of right you know but he says however now that i understand my wounds i can see what i can see that when damage is behind the wheel we're headed for trouble right however now that i understand my wounds how many of y'all have taken a seat sat down right you sat down and you thought about the trauma you're dealing with every single day why are you so angry? Why are you so upset? Why are you always yelling? Why do you always got an attitude with somebody? Have you guys sat and looked at your trauma? It sucks, dude. It sucks. I'm telling you right now, it sucks to look at it and get angry with it. Because you're like, I didn't even realize that was trauma. I thought it was good. I It felt good to me. I liked doing it. Right? I enjoyed it. Why was it bad, right? But that's trauma that we got to figure out. Why is it? Why was it so bad for us? Why are we so unhappy with what life's in, with what we have in life right now? Right? It showed up when God asked me to lay down my passion to pick up my purpose. His passion was music, right? And his purpose is ministry now, right? If you guys watch him, right? He's got a big controversial thing going on right now with his Easter Sunday service, right? Me and my wife were talking about it, and I just told her, I said, just look, look at the whole thing and not just pieces of it. I mean, I don't know. I heard, I heard what he had to say about it, about why it went that way. But he's, I mean, he made good points, but I was like, you have to watch the full service. You can't just take bits and pieces out of that service and say, this is uncalled for. Maybe a lot of it is, but listen to his story, why he did it, why, why he did what he did. Give him an opportunity to explain it, right? That's my biggest thing as of lately is that I don't want to argue with people no more, right? 
Let me hear why you believe the way you believe. Let me hear that. Let me hear why you believe the way you believe. Enlighten me. Maybe you might get me to start believing that way. I don't want to fight you. I don't want to argue with you, dude. You have your reasons for why you believe what you believe and why you believe it, right? You have your own reasons, you know? He goes on here to say, the ways we adapt to damage may seem beneficial on the surface, but at some point we will discover the unhealed hits always become a hindrance in all, in all ways, always, all right? The ways we adapt to damage may seem beneficial on the surface, right? The way we adapt, right? It's adaptation. Oh, they're yelling, we're this or that. How do we react to it, right? We're reactive. Instead of being proactive, we're reactive, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. How many of y'all are so reactive that it's just, ah, we're yelling, we're cussing, blah, stop doing that, blah, 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 right? But that's what he's saying, right? We adapt to damage may seem beneficial on the surface. But at some point, we'll discover that unhealed hits always become a hindrance in all ways right it's a hindrance dude because if we're not healing from it we're always going to do it why because of adaptation if we don't learn other methods or other ways of dealing with nonsense we're going to continue going back to the old ways of adaptation that we've adapted to look at yourself analyze yourself nobody else is going to do it for you you're the only one that can heal yourself. You can get professional help and that help guide you, but it's up to you to heal from your trauma. Another portion of this chapter, a dashboard of damage. Pop the hood. He's talking about like on your dashboard, right? How many of you guys got that little check engine light on right now? I know there's a couple of you out there. I know it. There's a couple of you got that check engine light on. You're like, eh, screw it. Ain't nothing, right? Oh, look at it. It's not. There's nothing serious, right? There will come a point when you can't see or hear the warnings anymore. Until the day you offer someone a ride, and one of those things happen. Whoa, dude! Are you kidding me? There will come a point when you can't see or hear the warnings anymore. When those lights that are flashing on your dash on your dashboard, you won't even see them anymore. Why? Because you just get in your car and you just go, right? You're like, screw it, dude. My car is working. It's rolling, right? It's rolling, but it's limping as it's rolling, right? What happens whenever you bring somebody along, right? Some of you guys are struggling with relationships. What happens if you bring somebody into your car, dude, and you got that check engine light on? Now you're driving, the next thing you know, it starts sputtering. Because that check engine light, you didn't get go get checked and get, see if you could fix it. Now you're bringing somebody along. Guess what? Now they got to suffer with you. Now you're stranded on the side of the road, 50 miles from the closest town. Tow truck said to be there in like three hours to come get you. How bad does that suck, dude? Because you aren't dealing with your trauma. You're not trying to heal from your trauma that you've endured in your life. We've all endured trauma. I don't care who you are. I don't care how perfect your life is. You've dealt with trauma some way or another. Right? He said, they stare at you in terror from the passenger seat. 
in fear of their life because of all the flashing lights and blaring alarms. How how long, what's the longest relationship you've been in, dude? This is why I'm so thankful for my wife. So thankful for her. This April will be 24 years that we've been together, dude. We were talking about the other night. She was laughing and she just like she just went quiet because she's like, I don't even know, dude. She's like, I've wanted to leave you. I have. But then I look, I'm like, 24 years that I've been with you. I don't know nothing else. And this is what I tell everybody. I said, I've been with my wife longer than I haven't been with my wife. I got with my wife when I was 16. So for 16 years of my life, I didn't have her in there. But for the past 24 years, she's been with me tooth and nail, thick and thin. We've been through it. We've lost a child. We've contemplated divorce. We've had our kids sick. We've been in tight spots to where we don't know how we're going to get our next meal. We've done those things, right? That history that we've made together, dude. What about you guys? What's the longest relationship you've been in? Have you started working on your own trauma so that you can bring somebody along with you along your journey? You don't want to bring somebody along your journey and you're dealing with all this bullshit that you don't know how to deal with. Your mom abused you. Your aunt abused you. Your uncle abused you. Freaking the military abused you. And you're still living in that trauma. Why would you want to bring somebody along to deal with that crap with you? Right? All you're going to do is hurt them and scare the shit out of them. Which half of you have? Some of you all on your third, fourth, fifth, sixth marriage, dude. You know why? Because you're the common denominator. If you don't fix yourself, nobody else is going to fix you. Right? He said, they tell you to pull over because there's no way your vehicle will make it to the destination without harm. Your vehicle is you, boss. Has your significant other told you, I don't want to do it no more. I can't do this anymore. How did it make you feel? What do you mean you can't do this anymore? You get all angry and upset with them, right? Because you're broke. You're damaged. I can't take you back to the store and get a new one. I got to fix you right here. They're not going to fix you. You have to fix yourself. You have to fix the trauma that you're dealing with. If you don't, you're going to bleed out on everybody around you. And guess what? I don't have no friends. They don't. Nobody likes me. That's me, guys. You know, guys. I talk to a lot of you guys. But a lot of you guys I don't even talk to, right? And I appreciate my audience that are out there listening on a regular basis. I thank you guys, right? But I think this is the stuff that we as veterans need to hear, right? Because as a veteran, we suffer a lot of trauma, dude. A lot of trauma trying to live day in and day out, day in and day out, trying to figure this crap out, guys. But this is what this is what he's talking about in here, right? Your car ain't going to make it, dude. I got to get out of this car, right? That's what your significant other said. I got to get out of here, dude. You are hurt. You're bleeding out on everybody, right? In other words, our damage indicators are more evident in relationships, right? Hurt people, right? He says, have you ever heard the saying, hurt people, hurt people? I know we all heard that, right? 
hurt people hurt people it's true dude how many people have you hurt because of the trauma you deal with right he said it's true to some extent but i think it's even more accurate to say hurt people who don't know they're hurt hurt people every one of us is hurt right am i lying i don't think so damaged but we don't have to stay on the highway and pretend everything is fine Instead, we can pull over, pop the hood of our lives, and take a look at what's really going on in here, right? It sucks, dude. It sucks, dude. How many of you guys are car enthusiasts? How many of y'all pop hoods and work on stuff, right? Like recently, like last week, man, I just replaced an alt center and one of my buddies, Acadia, right? Because he's never done it before. He has no idea how to do it. To me, it's shocking because I was like, I thought everybody knew how to change out an alt center, but apparently people don't know how to do that, right? They told him it was going to be $1,000 in maintenance for them to do it. I was that's a lot of freaking maintenance, right? Most shops charge $100, $150 an hour, right? The part alone is only like 60 bucks, guys, 70 bucks, man. I was like, just bring it over, dude. I'll, I'll do it for you. I'll knock it out real quick. Knocked it out real quick. Gave me a generous donation, right? And I was just like, but see, he took the opportunity to know, hey, this is what's wrong with my car. I need to get it fixed, right? How about you guys when you guys are working on your cars? You're working on it, you're like, oh, this is messed up. And you know exactly where to go to fix that part, to get your car back up and running. But what about you? What part is broke on you? How are you going to fix you? Right? How do you know how to fix you? Right? I got to tell you guys, I got a professional therapist, dude. Finally found a good one. I see her once a week, every week, once a week, sometimes twice a week, depending on how the week went. And it's been helping tremendously a lot, dude. Having somebody to talk to about what's going on in my life, this is what I'm dealing with, and her providing an insight from how she sees what, I, what I'm telling her, and then she gives me a spin, well, what about this, or what about that? And I'll try it, and I'll be like, that, sh that worked, that worked. And I'm growing, I'm healing, right, from my trauma, it sucks. It sucks to look at it face to face and be like, you sorry, SOB. I love doing what I did with you, but you ruined my life. You hurt me. You, you hurt me so bad that I don't even know how to love. And it sucks because this is the only way that I feel loved for my significant other. And it sucks. But I have to learn. I have to pray every day, God, just allow me to be the man that I need to be, right? Allow me to be the father, the man that I just, that this family requires me to be. Because there's something bigger than me, right? There's something bigger than you, right? How many of y'all got kids and you want to be good for your kids? You can't be good if you're trying to freaking heal from your trauma. And if you're not working on your trauma, you ain't being worth two cents to your kid, dude. Because I bet you that trauma's bleeding out on them and they see it and they hurt from it. Right. And then he just says, you know, what routine maintenance and hands of the maker, we don't have to be a we don't have to wreak havoc on the roads and run down innocent bystanders. Right. We don't have to blow out a tire or blow up the engine going 90 to the 90 on the interstate to keep up with culture. And we don't have to be in danger of ourselves and those around us who's whom we're called to help. And the shift starts by paying better attention to our damage indicators. Right. When you're under pressure. Where do you go? Do you go extreme or do you go numb? That's a good question. 
when it's just too much for you how do you do you just get super aggressive and super angry with everything and just get ah where do you go numb and you're like fuck this i'm going to bed dude i don't want to i don't want to feel it anymore i don't go to sleep i stay up and i get super aggressive that's me i'm the super aggressive guy on here i don't go numb i wish i could go numb i go numb to my feelings but like just stuff like that dude it, it, it's it's insane to see right it says here when your damage is driving and you're running under pressure where do you go where do you go guys when it's just too much when your damage is driving and you're running under pressure where in the world do you go do you find your happy place what is it that you guys go and do when it's just too much do you bleed that out on your family, your significant others that are there with you, supporting you? How are you treating it, right? It says here, today I'm closer to health because I've talked about it. I've gone to counseling. I have accountability in community, and I'm receiving help, healing it through help. Through help. Today I'm closer to health because I've talked about it. Are you guys talking about it? Why are you still scared? Why are you so scared not to talk about it? Because I guarantee you somebody's already gone through the same crap you've been through. Guarantee it, hands down. I've gone to counseling. Have y'all sought, sought out any counselors in your area? Go to the community service side of the VA. They get you a counselor out in town that's not going to get promoted and go somewhere else and leave you like the VA does. Tell them, hey, I need to find a counselor out in town. I heard you guys could provide that for me. And they will. The community service portion of it will. Right? I have accountability in community. How strong is your community around you? Do you have a brother or sister reaching out to you, seeing how you're doing today? How's your day going, dude? How you been, brother? What, what's been eating up at you? You good? Everything good? And I'm receiving help, healing through help. Are you guys healing yet? Have you been healed? Are you getting the help that you need? I pray that you are. Right? He goes in here to, you know, we think we should be able to get off, get out of or around all of our pain and predicaments alone. But God words, God's word tells us it's not good to be alone. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. I need help. You need help. Now say it with me. I need help. It's hard to say, isn't it? I hate saying it. Right? I went I went today. There's a lady up the street, older lady, she's probably in her sixties. She just had surgery recently. And she was asking for some help, man. She, I mean she's an elderly lady. She was asking for help. She walks around she's a hoarder. She's a hoarder. She walks around with this 300-foot hose that carries her, gives her oxygen that she needs to get around her house and stuff. And I asked my son, I said, hey, do you mind coming to help me so I can get some of this stuff done for her? Because I know she's been needing help. And uh, he said, yeah. So we went over there and did all that. And my son, he's like, how do you find these people? I said, they were asking for help. 
And I put myself out there and said, I can help you, right? Because I know one day I'm going to need help. And I want to be able to say, I need help. And they and somebody reaches out to me and says, I can help you. Because it sucks, dude. It does suck when you don't have a support system. They'll be like, hey, dude, I, I'm moving some stuff. You think you can come over and give me a hand? I don't know what that's like. I know a lot of acquaintances, but I don't have any friends is what I tell people. I don't have a lot of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances. I know a lot of people. But I want, I don't say I have a lot of friends. And to go out and ask for help, you know, I had one of one of my one of my leaders from the discipleship school, he was like, You have a servant's heart. I said, I wouldn't say I have a servant's heart, but I I, I serve to help is what we're supposed to do as disciples of Christ, right? Is to help others in need. To help those that need help, right? It sucks when you need help, dude. It sucks. I know. I've needed help before, and I've never gotten it, right? It sucks, right? And he goes on to finish the chapter out. Help from the right people in the right context brings healing. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed, right? This is why now I've started the podcast with a prayer every time, right? Because we need to be praying together. And he says it right here in James 5.16 Confess your sins to each other. Me and you. Confess our sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed, right? This is what we're supposed to be doing, family. Is praying for each other on a regular basis. Praying that we get the healing that we need to continue living our normal lives that we're trying to live right now. So this is what I I give you guys the opportunity and a chance, right? Go read First and Second Samuel, dude. Read that. That's an excellent story, dude. There's a lot of great stories in the Bible, right? And I know some of you guys are like, yeah, screw the Bible, that are. Give me an opportunity to enlighten you. You can even, the app is on your phone, dude. If you guys are watching this right now on your phone, and click and give me a that notification bell, so you know when new episodes come out every week, right? Give me a thumbs up saying you like the episode and then go and download one of the Bible apps. Any one of them. It don't matter, dude. I don't care. Whichever your preference is. You know, they're going to have 15 of them or whatever right up top. Download it. And I challenge you. Go read First and Second Samuel. Read that story about Jonathan and David. David, a man who killed somebody. And got his wife pregnant while he was on the battlefield. Is still a man after God's own heart. After you read those two chapters, you can go back to Psalms and start reading the Psalms because David wrote Psalms. Read the story. Take time and read it. Understand it. Dude, I'm telling you. Let me enlighten you. Give me the opportunity to enlighten you and to show you what my God can do. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me today on this Friday. Hopefully y'all's weekend is warmer than my weekend because it's nasty outside. So I'm going to sit in front of the fireplace, get me a nice cup of coffee, take me a couple of edibles, and we're going to call it good, brother. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me today, enjoying this time together, man. If you guys need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Reach out to my community. I got a ton of veterans that'd be willing to sit down and talk with you on a daily basis, dude. I love you guys, man. Remember, guys, here at the Stone Vet, 
We got your six. Hey, 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 hey. The history's visual to your mind. Sit back, relax, and feel the vibe. I think about what I'm going through. I wouldn't be nothing without my guy. Gotta keep my eyes on the prize. I struggle and strive to survive. I'm just trying to make it. Gotta stay strong because these times so hard. And if you don't stay loyal right now.